Welcome to the Living in Lithuania podcast. Join me, Astia, in conversation with internationals who have found themselves living here in Lithuania. To keep the conversation going, let's connect on the Living in Lithuania Facebook or Instagram pages, where you can also find out about the latest episodes and more. Welcome, welcome to the podcast. It's been a while coming. I think I invited you on two years ago, probably the first time when we just met um, from uh, GGI. So really happy that uh, you're on now, finally, <laughs> after all the pandemics and everything uh, are over. Um, so maybe to start, you could shortly introduce yourself, um, where you came to Lithuania from, and then share your story of how you got here. <laughs> So, yeah, I'm very excited to be here. I finally felt ready. When you invited me one and a half years ago, I was really a bit burnt out and not in a good place to try new things. But uh, as soon as I felt better, I got really excited about the idea yeah. <laughs> and contacted you again. So I'm Caroline. I'm from Bordeaux, but I didn't come to Lithuania from there because I had been living abroad for quite some time, <laughs> five, mm -hmm. six, seven years, I don't know, before I came to Lithuania. And so I came uh, via Madrid, where okay. I had spent two years. Mm -hmm. And I came as part of my uh, master's degree studies. There was an internship for my second year of master's. Mm -hmm. Like in France, the master's degree is two years, not one. Yeah. So yeah, that was my internship. And I came to Alitos. Oh, Alitos. Okay. Mm -hmm. How come... Uh... Uh, such a small like city <laughs> so that's always uh, very surprising to my friends here when I say that uh, mm -hmm. but actually Alitos used to be uh, one of the cities where French was taught more uh, mm. during Soviet times like there were if I remember well quotas and I think 20% of the students had to to learn French And some schools were had French teachers mm. and a lot of those schools were in Alitos and a few other cities like it was organized in that yeah. way so Alitus was big on French mm -hmm. and uh, the tradition kept on after the end of the Soviet Union and they continued teaching French they were even the first place where a bilingual Lithuanian French uh, mm -hmm. section was born in the 90s and so that's why uh, they were part of that program that hosted me Okay, so you came and you taught French during yes. this internship? Was it at a school or was it a special program that you went through? Both a school and a high school. I navigated mm -hmm. between the two places. Okay, and how, how did you like it? <laughs> oh, it was really nice. Uh, I think I was the last one on that program, the last person to be sent. Uh, but it was like uh, such a fun experience because I taught very different ages. And I taught in a school, even though later on I decided that I wanted to teach in language schools more. But it was a very interesting experience to be in schools. Uh, I even had some workshops in primary schools. No, not primary, uh, kindergartens. Okay. <laughs> so well. that was really, really cute. But yeah, most of the time it was primary. Mm -hmm. Okay. Mm -hmm. And the uh, gymnasia. Okay. Mm -hmm. Nice. So uh, secondary school and gymnasium, I guess, mm -hmm. in English. Oh, that's 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 really nice. I didn't know that Alitas was your first uh, <laughs> stop over. And uh, what happened after? Then did you decide right away that uh, your oh, Lithuania is the place <laughs> for you, or how did what happened after? 
Yeah, actually, I wanted to stay in Olympus, which mm. also comes as a surprise to a lot of people, but I loved it there. It was a small city or, or town, but very green, very, very green, and with a lot of tracks to go cycling, very modern tracks mm. <laughs> for cycling. Uh, you could go ice skating on the lakes. There were quite a few lakes or uh, swimming in the summer. Uh, there were a lot of forests and uh, I made friends very early on in the process, thanks to couchsurfing. Okay, nice. Yeah, and because of that, my life was uh, fun and not lonely at all. And then I guess also a benefit of being in a smaller city is, uh, well, there were not so many bars, mm -hmm. uh, so many places to be. So you keep meeting the same people. Yeah. And so it was easy to start talking with people. Also, I guess there were not many foreigners. So people wanted to talk to me during the weekends. I really liked that a lot of Lithuanians living abroad or in other cities were coming back. So mm -hmm. there were always a lot of new people to meet, even though during the week there were not that many people. Mm -hmm. So it was the right mix <laughs> between okay. novelty and, I don't know, comfort. <laughs> okay, very cool. So then how did you decide to um, move to Vilnius after, after Elitos? When the internship was over, basically, there were no jobs for me. Oh, okay. The town at least it was nine years ago so mm. the town was shrinking I don't know if it's still the case but mm. uh, a lot of schools were I don't know if a lot but schools were more closing down <laughs> than yeah. opening and there were fewer and fewer teachers and French uh, was also not as popular as it had been in the past so basically I couldn't I didn't really try but I knew it would be very challenging to mm -hmm. find a job as a French teacher and I got an opportunity to work at the French Institute Okay. In Vilnius, so I moved here. Okay, nice. And what was that experience like uh, working at the French Institute? They organize a lot of uh, events, I feel, and uh, lots of things to do. Oh, yeah. It was uh, both uh, a fun and interesting experience. I had worked at the French Institute before, but not in Lithuania, obviously, in Madrid. Mm. Um, so what I really like about working at the French Institute is you get to experience a lot of different types of classes. You have your general French classes at the Institute, but you can have different publics. So, for example, adults, teenagers. I didn't work with kids, but I worked with teenagers of different levels. I worked uh -huh. with teenagers with a very advanced level, a lot of them going to uh, the French school uh, as well. So almost or completely bilingual. And then with adults with different levels, uh -huh. uh, I had some workshops on phonetics so as a teacher like you can be very creative you can work with very different people and that's very exciting and also the French Institute would uh, organize classes in some companies or institutions Lithuanian institutions like the Supreme Court or mm -hmm. the Ministry of Foreign Affairs okay. so I also got to teach there and wow. every time I had to learn about what they were doing or okay. I got to learn during classes uh, talking with the students yeah. so yeah I got all those opportunities that working for myself would have been much harder to mm -hmm. find or I wouldn't even have thought about yeah. <laughs> trying that. Of course. Yeah, that's really, really cool. You got to find out more about like inside out, about Lithuania, about what people do and in the public sector. It's not always very clear <laughs> um, what, what happens there. So having this kind of first uh, hand experience is very, very, very nice. <laughs> I have... Um... A uh, funny story about working at the Supreme Court. I can never say the word for Supreme Court in Lithuania, so I could not explain where I was working. Okay. I, was, 
How do you oh, say Schaus is this uh, this one? <laughs> yeah, that's the most complicated word I've ever heard. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's got lots of like consonants next to each other and like mm, yeah yeah. So I tried, I tried, I tried, and then I stopped trying. <laughs> this is too hard a word. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Just uh, quite put all your head. And uh, yeah, at some point, I work in a hotel as well, so very different experience. And with beginners, people who, uh, it was more practical, people who were going to uh, have to work maybe with French clients. Mm -hmm. So that was, the variety was super fun. And it meant that as a teacher, I explored a lot of possibilities to kind of see what I like best or what maybe I'm best at as a teacher. Mm -hmm. And uh, so that was a very valuable experience. And they do organize a lot of events, like film festivals, like this winter oh. film festival. Oh, nice. With when, French films. Uh, when does that, does that happen every year? Yes, I think so. I'm trying to remember what's the name. Something GMA, I think. Géminus uh, Festival. I don't remember the name, but uh, yeah, that was... Francisios Géminus Festivalis. No, that sounds sounds really cool. And do they show the films in the institute then? Is it open to the public to, to come or how does it work? Uh, I think maybe some films are shown at the institute, definitely in cinemas as well for a, a, a fee, I think. Mm -hmm. But I definitely, well, well, first time I was introduced to that festival was in Alitus mm -hmm. and that was for free. Uh, like some films were traveling to uh, uh, different cities and shown in, I don't know, associations, uh, libraries, things like that. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So that was uh, also exciting because it's not very easy to find French films to watch there. So it was like a bit of an event. A lot of people uh, would gather, even if they didn't speak French, you would have subtitles. It was a bit um, a special moment, you know? Okay. Mm -hmm. And what's like... I don't know how many uh, French people live in Lithuania, but would it be like also gathering for, for people who not only speak French, but maybe are from France? Or was mm -hmm. it mostly for just people from Lithuania who, who were... Definitely when I was in Alitos, we were not many well, French yeah, people. So in Alitos, maybe not. In Alitos, maybe not. But uh, when, when in Vilnius, where, where was... I've never been to it in Vilnius, oh, okay. but what I did go to, like every Tuesday, the French Institute has a free film at okay. 6 p.m. Uh, and they have their own cinema room. Okay. So you just go downstairs and you can, you don't have to do anything, you can just enter as long as you're on time. I tried to go uh, the other day and I was late and it was closed. Okay. <laughs> But if you're on time, you can enter. And they have subtitles in, in Lithuanian and or in English. I think it probably depends on the film. You can okay. find the program on the website. And uh, yeah, there I could hear some people speaking French behind me. Mm -hmm. So I think that there were some <laughs> uh, French community gathering. Okay. But in, in general, also in, in, in Vilnius, is, is there like a big French community? Do you participate in it in any way now? No. <laughs> okay. I do not uh, know many uh, Francophones like uh, from French-speaking countries. Mm -hmm. So I am part of a smaller group Uh, of women who speak French in Vilnius. Okay. Uh, that's actually a sub-GGI group. Oh, okay. I didn't know about this. Nice. <laughs> Secret, Secret groups. <laughs> yeah, well, uh, someone made a post. Mm. Uh, I would like to practice speaking French with other uh, uh, women in this group who would like to join, and then she created uh, this very small, cozy group. And... Uh, 
So it's a new one, it's maybe two months old. We had one gathering and now we post also about events we're going to, to go together. So okay. it looks oh, really very nice. nice. Very nice, really. And speaking about GGI, you're now also the uh, organizer of the book club, I, oh. I saw. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's um, a new thing. As I said, a year and a half ago, I was not in a good place. And back then, the, the first GGI book club lead uh, left. And I was mm -hmm. asked if I wanted to take over because I was going to all <laughs> meetings. Okay. Uh, and I was like... <sighs> uh, but then the new book lead left. And this time I was ready. And that's actually related to when I contacted you mm. uh, to to do the podcast. Like, I... The, the, those two events for me are very associated in okay. my mind because they were happening at the same period and I thought now I feel so much better more motivated and I want to get out of my comfort zone so mm. um, the book club lead but that's very new um, it, I've led uh, three clubs for okay. now mm -hmm. so how does it work? you decide every month on a book uh, to read and then you meet and discuss or... Yeah, we discuss, we, we try and organize a vote uh, for a book. It's sometimes a bit difficult to gather votes. Uh -huh. <laughs> um, but yeah, and then we choose a book. Um, now we're trying to have that two months in advance or a bit like to choose the book that we're going to read in mm -hmm. two months. So we have more time to find it because yeah. it's difficult to find. It's a, a book club in English. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I should say that for mm -hmm. people listening. Yeah. Do not be afraid. It's not French. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> So, uh, but still, even uh, English books may be difficult to find, especially when you have a specific one in mm. mind. So if you want to order it or, um, yeah, to look for it in bookshops around Vilnius, um, we want to give more time. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, now we've uh, just chosen uh, the book for January, which will be The Push, about uh, motherhood. Mm -hmm. uh, that's... Uh, Looks a bit like a thriller and sounds very interesting. Okay, okay. <laughs> motherhood thriller. Yeah, motherhood. Yeah, well, <laughs> being a mother is a thriller, I believe. <laughs> sounds, sounds about right. Okay, very, very interesting. Um, I really like that, yeah, GGI, it's a Girl Gone International group, has uh, really grown and now there are all these subgroups of uh, people meeting, organizing different things. It's it's a very great way to yeah just meet meet people and, and do something you like together because oftentimes you know if, if you don't have a friend that likes a specific hobby that you like then it's nice to find other people you can you can connect to and uh, do things together mm -hmm. so this is yeah this is very nice and congratulations on, on, on taking uh, the, the the challenge uh, to, <laughs> to to lead it it's actually really fun and not that much work because we really uh, like what I really want, and the previous uh, book leader, book club leader, was also doing that, uh, which I really liked. It's not like a leader; it's uh, someone just a facilitator in yeah. case at some point the conversation dies a little bit or something. You have some questions prepared, but everyone is welcome to bring their own questions. It's more of an organic conversation; mm -hmm. it's very natural. So you don't have that much responsibility in the end. Mm -hmm. Just booking the place, uh, informing people, creating the events on Facebook. So it's it's uh, not that difficult. <laughs> yeah, right. And so what do you do um, 
now for for work since uh, <laughs> since you came you were teaching and then you were not teaching for a while <laughs> um, and what 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 do you do now so I'm back to teaching yes. <laughs> your your calling <laughs> called you <Yes>. back <laughs> but the difference is now I'm not working for a school mm -hmm. I'm working for myself so I call myself a baby entrepreneur okay. <laughs> because I really don't know much about entrepreneurship and even at the beginning I would never have used that word for myself it sounded even a bit dirty or something mm -hmm. business being an entrepreneur is like mm -hmm. oh uh, I feel uncomfortable no I'm just freelancing maybe yeah. or uh, <laughs> but um, yeah I'm having some mindset shifts and learning to to see myself not just as a teacher anymore but also as a very very small business owner who mm -hmm. has to grow that business to have more offers to find uh, students because when I was working at the French Institute as I, as I said like the French Institute would find students and yeah. even topics or uh, types of French to teach uh, mm. and I would have clear goals and I would For example, at the French Institute, uh, we tend to teach uh, all four skills like speaking, writing, uh, listening, and uh, reading. <laughs> oh my God, <laughs> I almost forgot the fourth. <laughs> and now I can focus more on uh, the skills that I like best or I feel more comfortable teaching or where I feel that I bring the most value, which is uh, I really love authentic conversations. Mm -hmm. uh, so learning to have pleasure and really a good I don't know how to feel really motivated having a conversation in yeah. in French because you really want to know about the person you're talking to mm -hmm. not just because you have a script because you're learning to use such and such vocabulary you're practicing such and such grammar point but something like the grammar points the vocabulary they come from the conversation that you're having and yeah. uh, that is what my calling basically mm -hmm. Yeah, that's that's the best way I feel to learn because you you, you just want to find out, you want to talk with someone, mm -hmm. right? And and then you're you're searching for the words to use and you're thinking about how to say them so you would be understood. And mm -hmm. I think that brings a lot of motivation to then to learn. Yeah, yeah, to get curious and follow your curiosity in in the midst of a conversation with some interesting human. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> for sure. And uh, do you do uh, like classes for multiple people? For one, was it one on one? How is it? So for now, it's one on one, and I'm uh, trying to have more offers. And one thing that is really close to my heart is to have group conversation mm -hmm. classes, because yeah, it's it's great to have a conversation uh, one on one with the teacher, but like at some point, it becomes a bit limited because it's just two people. Yeah. With a group, you have more to discover, to be curious about. Mm -hmm. And uh, so I really want to create such groups. And as a Lothanian learner, I'm part of such a group. Mm -hmm. And I just love chatting with other students as well. And discovering where they're from, what their job is, what they're interested in through Lithuanian. Uh -huh. But like Lithuanian is not the goal anymore. Yeah. It's the way to yeah. get to know a person. Yeah, yeah. And we just know that during that uh, hour, we're going to speak in Lithuanian. Mm -hmm. It's okay to make mistakes. It's even encouraged in a way because if you're just going to try 
and be perfect, you will say very few things. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's the hardest thing, I think, like learning a language. It's you're, you're afraid to make a mistake and that just blocks you completely. Mm -hmm. Then you just don't speak and then that means you won't learn <laughs> because exactly. you're not practicing. And it's, it's, it's a big barrier to, mm -hmm. to pass that, basically. But of course, when you're pushed <laughs> and you're in a situation where there's no escape, you have to, you have to talk with people, then you, you must do that. And it's part of the contract. Like you know that they're going to struggle as well. You yeah. know that they are not going to judge you for the mistakes you make, and that you're not going to judge them for the mistakes they mm. make, and that you're going to also learn some words that they know that they use uh, and you didn't know before. Like you can learn from other learners. Also, you get to hear different accents, different ways of speaking, and like learners, like the teacher will adapt their way of speaking for you. They know how to tune <laughs> their uh, level of language. So. Yeah. To, to your level mm -hmm. and so you understand more when you're talking with another learner they will have more difficulty doing that they will say what they know how to say they're already so focused on trying to bring a message out that they don't really care if you're going to understand or not and so mm -hmm. there's this um, extra challenge in a way that is very interesting too yeah for sure mm -hmm. and where are you taking uh, your classes uh, online okay uh, with a teacher uh, that's called Dovile Mm -hmm. So it's Lothanian with Dovile. Uh, I've learned with her uh, on private classes and in another group before. She used to have classes at Ideas Blogs. Oh, I know okay. that you interviewed uh, the owners of Idea Blog. Mm -hmm. So uh, I was actually a student with Roberto. Okay. We were in the same group. Oh, nice. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Oh, so many guests now have <laughs> connections <laughs> that I didn't know about before. Oh, that's really cool. And also, uh, so as I said, I'm thinking of different uh, offers. And one thing that uh, I'd really like to organize is uh, creative writing classes. Uh -huh. I did some, uh, well, a long time ago at the French Institute in Madrid. But uh, recently I was reminded about them talking with a, a Mexican woman okay. who works in French and works in France and in French. And... Uh, Uh, like her French is native, really, really good level. Uh, so I was not pitching anything. Uh -huh. <laughs> I was like, okay, we're just talking and getting to know one another. Uh, we were talking about our work at some point, and I don't know why I mentioned those creative uh, writing workshops. And she's like, can't you organize something for me? Because like I just write professionally, but I never tried to have fun with French okay. and to let my creativity mm. flow. And I feel a little bit like, um, um, not in jail, but uh, like I felt that feel a bit scared trying to express something um, different, yeah. more creative, more artistic or more like whatever. Mm -hmm. uh, Just I can speak or write a very professional French. How to do things differently and have fun with French. So we did some writing workshops and I really enjoyed uh, that. So, so that's also something I'm thinking about. Well, that's a characteristic of me. I'm always thinking about 2000 things. So we'll see which <laughs> projects come to life yeah, <laughs> and which will just be dreams. <laughs> yeah, but you know, you can try and see how it goes. And uh, if, it's, if it goes well, you can continue doing it. Doesn't always have to be like 100% now I'm doing this thing, right? And you, it seems like you had some practice and it was, it was fun. But those would, would you think for learners or like or people who already speak uh, French uh, well? Oh, that's uh, 
something I'm wondering mm-hmm. very much because, well, in the French Institute in Madrid, I was doing it for learners. And I can see like the potential it has just to learn French in a different way and just experiment um, and just have fun, not be in a scholar context. And I think it's also very, very useful uh, as a learning tool. But I can also see that uh, there's interest from people with a very high level or native speakers. For example, the husband of this Mexican woman is a native French person. uh, And uh, she told me that he would like at some point to do those same workshops with me, maybe. So I'm like, either I could mix, because mix non-natives with a B2 plus level Uh and natives, and then maybe have also some different workshops, a bit more focused on learning for uh, lower levels. Or, um, I don't know, just have for learners or just have for uh, native speakers. I really haven't decided yet. Mm -hmm. Okay, so still in the process. And uh, hopefully we can share when you've launched something and people can join who are are interested. Because I'm sure, Mm -hmm. I mean, there's a lot of people learning French in Lithuania. And also if you do online core classes, then you're not limited (laughs) to (laughs) Lithuania anymore either. Actually, a number of my students are Lithuanians who live in French-speaking countries. Oh, okay. Switzerland, Belgium. I don't have from Luxembourg and France, uh, but Switzerland and Belgium. And yeah, I uh, I was thinking as well, like a group of Lithuanians, or not just, but who live in different French-speaking countries, and we could uh, talk about intercultural issues. Oh, okay. Um, I I thought that would be really uh, interesting, that they would be also presenting the city where Uh they live, and maybe... Afterwards, you know, like the people from the group, when friendships are made, would want to visit that city and maybe go for a coffee with that student yeah. and speak French together. Yeah, Things like that. That's great. It's like a field <laughs> trip, you know. <laughs> like when you're studying a language in school, you get to go to the country for yes. like a week and to practice. So that sounds uh, amazing. You just mm-hmm. kind of yeah, make it, make it happen <laughs> in a different way. Oh, that's so cool. But yeah, with the with the cultural um, challenges, have you, uh, when you moved here, did you feel any sort of cultural challenges? Not too much, but maybe uh, the one thing I experienced a little bit was services or uh, the lack of smiling in services. Uh-huh. And I decided to be playful about it. So I had my goal for myself was to uh, make people in for example, a shop, uh, smile. Okay, good mission. (laughs) But like by by sounding, by saying something stupid, by trying to speak Lithuanian and making a mistake, like I wouldn't make the mistakes on purpose, but (laughs) I would definitely make a lot of mistakes. And people usually found that cute, you know? So they would smile or, uh, I don't know, I would try and say something funny or wish them a good day and smile a lot myself like and my, my goal I was uh, counting points in my head like I was not <laughs> competing against anyone but like I wanted to uh, have as many smiles as possible per week <laughs> oh nice oh that's so that's so great yeah I feel like uh, if it's if you feel that the other person is not very polite or then you try to be even more polite and then it kind of makes them feel like oh okay this <laughs> then, then it's hard to be like very different right so it raises everybody's level of uh, politeness and like just uh, pleasantness and happiness so mm-hmm. that's that, that's that's really cool <laughs> and uh, another thing that is a little bit uh, related is uh, how for example neighbors will not really greet one another mm-hmm. but also I have that goal so 
always greeting my neighbors and I can see like now I've been living in the place where I'm living for three years and I can see a, a, a shift and people greet me one person is still just nodding but uh-huh. <laughs> I'm working on it it's, it's a reaction you know it's, it's something you exist to the person right uh, he recognizes me there you go yeah 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 you have you have a bond an, an unspoken uh, from their side <laughs> bond but of oh, course cool. and you live in an apartment uh, building yes, yes. So we have the staircase <laughs> to yeah. meet people. Yeah, it's definitely a thing. I think in most bigger cities these mm-hmm. days, like people just don't know their neighbors or mm-hmm. communicate, especially if it's a building where people are renting and they change, mm-hmm. and then you know you're not establishing like a bond with them. But of course, it's nice, uh, nice to do that. Uh, meet your neighbors. We're also trying to meet the neighbors where where I live and uh, to have some kind of interactions because it's it's nice. And then they're close by. If you need anything, of course they can help. But also just just to feel kind of more more at home in the area. It's good to know the people. It feels warmer. Yeah, yeah, yeah. For sure, for sure. Yeah, well, for me, it's like I have somebody to give uh, apples to and other fruits. You can always give me apples. <laughs> okay, okay. I, I will I will know that for... Well, this year we had a lot of apples, but uh, next year maybe we'll have some. But now we're growing lots of berries as well. Uh, we planted blueberries this year, like a bunch. So oh. we'll, I don't know if they will give any like fruit next year, but uh, maybe the year after. Yeah, we'll see. Nice. Speaking of that, we did some uh, gardening one time. <laughs> you came to my house. Uh, is that something you still enjoy doing in any way? Or Gardening has never really been part of my life, but that's something I'm interested in uh, getting to know more about and trying to practice it more because I really, uh, well, I love being outside. Mm-hmm. I love being in nature. I love learning about nature the names of trees, like when they bloom, like facts about nature for me are very interesting. I would like to uh, know how to read the weather from the type of clouds we see mm. or things like that, like to know what the weather's going to be uh, in the next few hours or sometimes people can say when uh, the sun sets because of the color of the mm-hmm. sky, what weather will be the next day. So those things I find fascinating. I would like to know uh, more about plants, berries, uh, when to plant them, how to plant them so that insects do not eat them, or what's the word, snails? I remember yeah. that we oh, were tough. <laughs> fighting tough against snails. things. Yeah. <laughs> so those things, uh, but I feel really uneducated. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's it's hard to um, keep up on my own. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I need some hand-holding, I think. <laughs> okay. Well, next summer you can come... Uh, plant. I actually have this one lady now. She's pl- she's planting some things every well like for two years now. She's uh, planted some vegetables in my garden. Takes care of them, so it's it's nice. I, I have extra land. You can <laughs> you can come plant again and try again <laughs> and be more successful than last time. <laughs> yeah, yeah, maybe, maybe. But uh, yeah, it's 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 nice. Uh, I think especially during the first pandemic, I really got more in touch with nature. Um, really to notice the seasons changing and which which trees flower first and which ones after and what happens, what plants are coming up and going down and um, reading about the different wild plants that you Mm -hmm. can eat and what you can do with them because a lot of weeds are edible and actually very nutritious. So it's, uh, yeah, it was like a hobby of mine during the the pandemic (laughs) that I discovered and now still continuing it uh, on a little bit. uh, I remember when I came, you actually 
taught me a lot of things and we tried uh, eating some flowers mm. <laughs> or making some teas and that was very interesting for me. Yeah, yeah, I think mm-hmm. I think it's nice we still in Lithuania we still have a lot of this knowledge as well about like the different herbs and what they do and when to find them, when to pick them and mm-hmm. um, it's not the case in a lot of countries that are more urbanized. I actually noticed that my first year in Alitos, that was one of the things I was so uh, happy about. Like, I could see almost everyone, it was not just older people, but even younger people knew uh, about, well, of course, what mushrooms mushrooms to pick. Yeah. Uh, that everyone knows in Lithuania, I think. Uh, but also... Uh, what plants you could make tea from, what the tea would help with, and things like that, how uh, to try those plants. And I was like, well, in France, at least in the places where I lived, which were all these big cities, you basically have to go to the ecological shop and those things cost a fortune. And here you can make your own (laughs) ecological tea. You just need a bit of knowledge and a lot of people have it and share it happily. And then also you get as presents uh, when someone visits you or you visit someone, they can give you a little bit of tea that they made themselves. It's so lovely. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I really like that. And for anyway, like, to, well, yeah. When if you grow something or you have something, then you have like too much usually. <laughs> and I just want to share with everyone. So it's it's nice when people are actually appreciated. Sometimes it's like, oh, too much. Like my grandmother already gave me <laughs> all the apples I need. <laughs> like, no thanks. Um, I asked about some stories if you remember from from your time living here. I don't know if you had a chance to to think of any <laughs> to share. So my most favorite story, and usually um, it's very funny to Lithuanians, I don't know how funny it will be to non-Lithuanians, <laughs> is a language mistake that I made yeah. <laughs> trying to speak Lithuanian. So uh, the second year I was in Lithuania, I was already living in Vilnius, but my friends were in Alitus, so I would mm-hmm. go back to Alitus most weekends, or one weekend, maybe a month, something like that, take the bus. And I had noticed that uh, in Lithuania, you can ask the bus driver to drop you uh, before the train station. You don't have to go all the way. And my friends were living quite far away from the bus station, so I was really interested to stop before. Yeah. And I had noticed, like, listen to how people said, and I thought I gathered how to say to stop in front of the bank, Periabanko. Uh, okay, so I was ready i yeah. practiced in my head and then i went to the bus driver and i said <laughs> so for the non-lithuanians uh, stoti means to stop and usually you use a prefix and it's sustoti then it means to stop but what i said is pastoti pa being a prefix that is used most of the time so i thought i can add it and it will work but pastoti means to get pregnant so i asked the bus driver if i could get pregnant in front of the bank <laughs> and actually that was a big score for me that day because i got a whole bus of lithuanians laughing yeah. so i was like yay i don't know what i said but it was funny and then i was repeating the sentence in my head all the way to my friend's place and i was like what did i say but they, they understood they still oh. stopped in front of the bank right so. he, he stopped yes he said yeah tape galima and he stopped but not before laughing uh-huh. but oh that's a, that's a good one you yeah. can use that for your stand-up uh, routine later on Yes, I have quite a few because I try to speak Lithuanian, but I'm very good at making mistakes <laughs> mm. and funny mistakes. Like um, at some point at the restaurant, instead of asking for uh, salt and pepper, so salt is 
Druska. Yeah. Uh, and I, instead of Druska, I said Dukra, which means daughter. Can I have a daughter and Peppa, please? Oh, there's, there's a connection there. <laughs> yes, it sounds like I want children, but yeah. not especially. <laughs> yeah, somehow coming from your subconscious. <laughs> yeah, and maybe a, a, a third and last one. It could mm. go on forever, but um, I was reading an ad. I think it was for Veikulinia, uh, so for an association uh, working with kids and I don't know, I was really confused reading it because they kept writing about a sauce. I was like, mm, sauce, children, volunteering, I don't understand. Yeah. And I asked someone, like, what do they say? And basically I confused the word for sauce and the word for promise. Oh. Uh, so for sauce is pajadas. Yeah, and the other is padaja. I think. Padajas, yeah. Oh, I, I, I uh, mistake the two. Like uh, padajas yeah. is the sauce, sauce and yeah. pajada. Yeah. Oh, pajada or pajadas? Pajadas. Pajadas is a promise, and so yeah. <laughs> I was like, why are they talking about a sauce? I do not understand. <laughs> These weird Lithuanians, like, you know, you never know. <laughs> and put food in everything. Without they cooking the children. Yeah. So what other um, activities are you interested in and uh, do in your spare time like while living here? In, mm-hmm. in this? So reading is obvious from our past discussion. Uh, what else? Well, I love walking. Mm-hmm. And so that's one of the reasons why I like Vilnius so much. Um, because it's uh, the size of the city is very good for walking. I live in Germune and quite a bit up north. Uh, but like by the riverside, taking the nice walk by the riverside without any cars, it takes me one hour to get to the city center. So I can go faster uh, by using more busy roads or I can take this longer way and take one hour. And I find that it's very comfortable and I can walk to the city center and maybe take the trolley back. And yeah, it's a very comfortable city to walk. And also it's very easy to go to the forest. Mm-hmm. Uh, without even taking a bus. So I like that very much. So, yeah, uh, during quarantine, that's when I discovered how much I liked walking. Oh, yeah, yeah, that was a big pastime for a lot of people. <laughs> time. But it stayed, and so now I have an app uh, checking how much I walk, and in the past year, it was like uh, 9.2 kilometers a day as an average. Oh, wow, that's good. Yeah. So I'm very proud. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, definitely, for sure. And do you like like hiking around uh, different areas as well, or mostly just walking in the city? No, I like um, walking like in Antakarnis in the hills, mm-hmm. in the big national or regional park there. Um, or there's this park as well in close to Baltupe, a bit north of Germune, uh, with crosses, a lot of uh, hills and crosses, and that is very nice. Mm. And goes up to Jerusalem, so you can get lost in the forest for quite a long time okay. without ever seeing a house. I love that. <laughs> and this um, pack has this path, uh, one kilometer uh, path around Vilnius is very convenient. Like uh, if you don't want to think nor get lost, <laughs> you can follow a part of it. I obviously didn't do the 100 kilometers. <laughs> no, no, you can do, uh, we do it in sections, but mm-hmm. some like... A few friends, we did a couple of sections, and then with my dad and my family, we did a, like another few. So it's very nice that they kind of separated. Into, I think maybe like 
15 sections or so. Mm -hmm. And so you can just say, okay, I want to do like two and three today and, <laughs> and, and then just do that, uh, that, that little part. Because of mm -hmm. course, 100 kilometers like, in one day is a bit of a challenge. <laughs> um, in, a, in a few days, of course, you can, you can, you can do it. But mm -hmm. it's also nice to have just, yeah, a little a half a day walk and uh, discover mm -hmm. new areas. Yeah. And actually, uh, one thing I discovered as well during quarantine is how amazing it is to uh, have calls while walking. Because mm. before I thought, like, you know, living abroad, you want to stay in touch with mm, some friends, with family members. But, like, I, I thought that I had to be in front of my computer. Uh, but I started using mm, my headphones and calling while I was outside walking because my head was going to explode being so much in front of the screen and never yeah. going out and I really enjoyed not seeing the person yeah. at first I thought oh it's sad but no it's not necessary to always see the person and just like having that conversation while well, I'm going to the city center I have one hour so I can have a long conversation or I can finish earlier and I can listen to a podcast or I can just be with my thoughts but like you know I can plan or sometimes I know I have a call and it encourages me to go for that walk mm. um, instead of staying home so yeah like trying to combine things yeah yeah that's a really good idea I, I think definitely especially during the pandemic when we were spending so much time in front of the computer just on, on all of these online meetings all of these online events it was by the end I just couldn't concentrate and, and stare at the screen anymore and that's a very good way of yeah of doing things of moving and not looking at the screen mm -hmm. getting in nature um, also relaxing a bit and getting exercise always good <laughs> yeah so that's 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 a great idea and it's nice in Lithuania of course that you can yeah walk to a lot of places so uh, where you need to go so then it uh, yeah encourages you to move <laughs> move you move your body it was also this uh, like movement uh, challenge I just had it for a couple of months in Lithuania I don't know if you participated in it there's this uh, app called Walk Fifteen. Is that the one you use? The one I used to use. Okay, <laughs> so so they also do different challenges. And during um, September and October, you could sign up either individually or with like your, the company you work or the institution you belong mm -hmm. to. If you're in a school, then your school could... And then you were competing on, against others in the, in the category. And then there was awards and the, and the president gave out awards for the, the winners <laughs> in each of those categories. So it's also a nice... Uh, yeah, a nice way to encourage people to walk, to move, and then you have also this community of people walking together. I think you can also get like different, if you walk and you complete your daily goals, you get some points and then you can have some discounts or something like this in this app. So it's a... Uh, no, I yeah. didn't know about the discounts. Interesting. But yeah. that's the app that got me hooked. Okay, <laughs> yeah, yeah. I think it's a, it's a good, good gateway app <laughs> into walking more. Yeah, so, so definitely I think that then... Yeah, there's 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 ways to encourage yourself. <laughs> mm -hmm. Yeah, and as I mentioned, like podcasts are amazing for walking. <laughs> like it also encourages me to uh, go for a walk when I'm like, oh, my new episode of such and such podcast is out, mm -hmm. and I want to listen to it. I can listen to it at home, but what about going for a walk and listening to it yeah. while walking? Mm -hmm. And then like again, it's no visuals. Uh, I think I suffered a lot <laughs> from just being visually stimulated all the mm -hmm. time in front of a computer so I love 
not having visuals. Yeah. yeah so I even listen to your podcast while walking. Oh, lovely. <laughs> what what other podcasts do you uh, listen to? Oh, like at the moment, <laughs> I've quite a lot of podcasts about being like having your own business. Okay. Uh, like about um, sometimes administrative tasks, like how to do them more efficiently okay. so that you don't spend too much time on them. Uh, marketing, how to find your persona, like uh, the, the target group mm -hmm. uh, you want to work with and how to talk to that target group because I really don't know anything about marketing. So those are topics I'm listening. Also a lot of uh, self-development mm -hmm. that I'm very interested in. Like this year, I got really, I had a period of maybe four months where I was intensively listening to podcasts about the MBTI. Do you know that oh, personality the, test? Yeah, personality test with the, with the four letters. Yes. Yeah. Uh, one test online to make that is usually quite known is 16 personality. Yeah, That's I've done this one. <laughs> Do you remember your letters? Yeah, I'm INFJ. INFJ. Uh-huh. I... Uh, think I tend to connect very well with people with an N letter. <laughs> okay, okay. <laughs> uh, I'm E-N-F-P. Okay. So we have the two center ones yeah. in, in common. And I was really interested in, uh, actually there are quite complex theories about it with cognitive functions and what makes you in the flow state, what type of activities and how to be a more balanced person because you have one cognitive function that is the one what one way of uh, reacting of thinking of making decisions that is your favorite and you go to but if you want to be a more balanced person and to grow well you have to develop the second one in the stack and mm. so i was listening uh, to a lot of podcasts on that and yeah i got really hooked because at first i really didn't think much about the mbti and was like How can it say anything about anyone? Mm -hmm. But the more I investigated, the more I talked to people and asked for their type and listened to the podcast on their specific type and learned about the things behind the letters, because the letters are a bit basic, but there are things behind, the more uh, it seemed to describe things rather accurately mm -hmm. and um, okay. to be a very good growth tool like not just something that describes you and that's it you're like that but how can you be a more balanced person mm -hmm. okay very interesting Do you, can you share some of the names of the podcasts uh, maybe somebody's interested in these okay. topics if there's another geek like me yeah. uh personality hacker okay that's very good uh, they have a metaphor that is called the car model uh, for those cognitive function, the stack, and mm -hmm. basically your main one will be the driver and the second one will be the co-pilot and you need the co-pilot to collaborate with the driver mm -hmm. and vice versa to be more um, balanced. And then there are the two children in the back seats <laughs> that uh, are your less developed functions that come up under stress and things like that. So they have also an episode or a website as well where they explain that metaphor because if you don't know it it may be a bit difficult to listen to their podcast but once you know the metaphor it really helps understanding a lot of things okay wow cool oh, i didn't i didn't know about this one yeah once uh, i i go through these phases where i'm very much like i do the test again and then like oh like all these things i remember about my personality and then i'm like oh yeah i can relate to this and this and this and 
yeah and then I'm, I'm like really into it and then I kind of forget about it <laughs> a few years later I was like oh this thing that was fun <laughs> let's, yes. let's see if let's see if it changed let's see you know I'm, I'm kind of I feel like I'm a bit different and but it's always the same <laughs> it's always, the personality test for me at least it's, it's it's yeah I don't know 15 years like every few years I take it and it's like yeah it's, it's the same I'm not gonna change my personality but of course you develop skills and mm-hmm. uh, different um, you strengthen different parts of yourself but uh, yeah it's 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 good and so it, it's yeah it's a way to learn more about yourself and how you react and why maybe mm-hmm. <laughs> and to be more patient with yourself as well yeah yeah for sure to know that certain situations are going to be difficult <laughs> and then yeah you feel 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 better about it because you know like in this situation I mean it, it's hard for me um, and then you're kinder kinder to yourself Mm-hmm. Yeah. Wow. Very, very cool. I was also curious to ask you about the, because I remember you told me you have this uh, family house in France that you were kind of renovating, trying maybe thinking to do something with it. How is how is that project going? Slowly. <laughs> mm. So yeah, with um, the COVID and the quarantine, like a lot of people in France and other countries decided to renovate houses. <laughs> mm-hmm. It became a big hobby or survival strategy for some who wanted to just live outside of the city and things like that. So workers are booked mm-hmm. and it's very difficult to uh, to get in touch with uh, workers. But the problem with the house is uh, we were planning to do some of the works ourselves to yeah. learn but uh, first we needed to renovate we understood that we needed to renovate the roof because uh-huh. otherwise uh, all the other work we would do uh, could go to nothing if yeah. it rains and yeah. it does rain yes, yes. and uh, yeah we hadn't thought about it before so we were like renovation time and when we went more into the project we saw it, we were not doing things in the right order now at the moment the roof is being repaired by professionals but like it took uh, more than a year to get some people to have time to go yeah. and renovate the house the, the roof so after that we will see how things mm-hmm. go uh, we're not yet very sure about the next uh, steps because Yeah, some idea is to uh, separate the house into different flats Mm. with a common area in the middle. Um, And then we could organize like events and people who stay at the event could rent one of the flats and some other people, like more people could come to the event and could uh, go to other bed and breakfasts around in the region. It's in the countryside. We could have bikes so that they could go there cycling and things like that. But yeah, it's... uh, it's nothing very clear. Like yeah. it, we stopped thinking about it until uh, we have more a, a roof over our heads. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's that's very important. So what um, I remember that you were telling me that the events would be kind of like well-being focused in that area. Do you have any uh, idea of what uh, what they would be like? <laughs> Uh, well, that would be the idea from my mother. Like um, she focuses a lot on. It's not yoga but something similar to yoga Mm -hmm. to learn to be in your body and to be present uh, and basically to work on yourself through your body Uh, so probably she would want to organize uh, some workshops or um, uh, work camps Mm -hmm. I was thinking as well there could be some I don't know camps for learning French yeah Yeah. (laughs) nice summer schools yes like you you go to the countryside in France it's accessible by train uh, and then 
uh, I don't know, on Fridays, it's market day, so okay. we could go to the market with the goal of buying ingredients to cook something, and the recipe is in French, and the buying process is in French. Like, thing is, in that specific village, a lot of people speak English because it's in Aquitaine, and uh, historically, there's been a lot of English people uh, buying houses there, so okay. with Brexit, it's less of an English-speaking uh, okay. region of France, but still, there are a lot of uh, English-speaking people, and so a lot of French people also speak English, mm -hmm. and it may not be the best <laughs> to practice your French because you can jump to English, but if I get to know uh, the... the the people in the market, I can forbid them yeah. to speak French <laughs> uh, English to my students. <laughs> yeah. No, no, no. <laughs> oh, no, that's that's really cool. Yeah, to have this really immersive experience, going mm -hmm. to France, eating French food, <laughs> talking mm -hmm. to French people, buying things at the market. Yeah, mm -hmm. it's really, really nice. I hope uh, I hope it, it happens soon. You have the roof done and you can yeah focus on this more exciting part of planning actual mm -hmm. actual events. By then, you'll have a huge community of uh, learners and uh, creative writers and <laughs> everyone that can, uh, yeah, just hop on board and, and, and go. And oh, my God, creative writing there. Yes. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> Actually, what's very funny is, so why do I like creative writing? It's when I was a, a teenager, I was writing a lot of short stories. And then um, at some point, I participated in some competition. I never won, but because I participated there, I started receiving marketing <laughs> from them, and they were organizing writing workshops. And I started going there, and I met uh, some friends there, and we stayed in touch. And we decided to uh, discontinue going there, but to continue having creative writing workshops that we would organize ourselves, and it was in that specific place. Oh. So we would go for one or two weeks over the summer, and uh, every morning from, I don't know, uh, 9 to 1, we would do some creative writing, like but more tasks, exercises, mm -hmm. and then in the afternoon we would work on a novel or a short story, and uh, we would talk a lot, read to one another what we had been uh, writing, and it was a lot of fun. So this place is even associated to creative writing, for me nice okay well there you go bring back the history <laughs> of, of, of the place oh no that sounds nice i would i would like to go even though i'm not learning for <laughs> a french organ maybe i'll join your mother although that's, those will be in french as well <laughs> oh, i don't know <laughs> but sounds sounds good <laughs> we can do creative writing in english yeah yeah that would be cool that would be cool <laughs> i could sign up for that that would be nice Oh, so awesome. So um, a question I ask all my guests that come on the podcast, maybe you know because you listen, <laughs> is uh, to describe living in Lithuania in three words. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Uh, so I know that you asked this question, but I did not prepare. <laughs> <laughs> Nobody does, but it's, it's good. It's on the spot. It's more authentic. I know that, you know, it's coming from the heart. <laughs> oh, whatever you I heard one uh, person saying green and it really resonates with me. Mm -hmm. uh, I spoke about nature and the forest being uh, around the corner. And even though right now there's not much green and more white with the snow, uh, yeah, that's really a color I associate with Lithuania, especially in May. Mm. Green, all shades of green. I didn't know there were so many shades of green before I came here. <laughs> so this I love. I would say maybe... Um, 
cheating maybe, but uh, now it's a white. And because of the snow, and that's something I love so much about Lithuania that you have real seasons. Yeah. And I know it's less than in the past. And I wish winter could actually this year. It starts in November, and there's snow right now in the end of November and from the middle of November. And for me, that's lovely. Like I usually don't like November, but if it's white like this mm -hmm. i'm motivated to go for walks it's less dark at night it feels less sad it feels even happy it mm -hmm. brings joy to my heart so mm -hmm. i would say white mm -hmm. and i i wish for more white <laughs> yeah. and um another thing actually on the 16 personality uh, website uh they made summary of everyone who took the test and their countries and uh, mm -hmm. found some things about countries so it It's not scientific at all, but uh, the country with the most people being introverts uh, in the world, according to their data, is Lithuania. Yeah. And, uh, <laughs> and I actually I classify as extroverted, but I think I'm more of an ambivert, and I really uh, need a lot of alone time to recharge. I can recharge through interactions with others, especially for brainstorming, being in a creative process. This is one... Uh, way for me to get energy but if we're just chit-chatting or uh, some types of interactions will really drain me uh, yeah. from energy and I need a lot of alone time in a cocoon mm -hmm. and I feel that in Lithuania I was able to understand that and accept that part of me because it was even I don't know if valued but understood mm -hmm. so I would say introverted Okay. In a very positive way. <laughs> Green, white, and introverted. <laughs> interesting, interesting words. Oh, that's that, that's great. Thank you so much for for coming on the podcast. <laughs> My pleasure. Um, yeah, hopefully see you at more of the meetups that we organize mm -hmm. <laughs> with the podcast. It would be great to to see you there too. Thanks. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you for listening. For more conversations like this one, subscribe to the podcast or let's connect on the Living in Lithuania Facebook or Instagram pages. If you enjoyed listening, please consider supporting the podcast on Contribute. All supporters are added to a private community and invited to join meetups and events. If you or anyone you know would like to be on the podcast, feel free to get in touch. Until next time. <laughs>